Welcome to the Bethel World Outreach Church Podcast. It's our prayer that wherever you are in life, today's message will help you draw closer in your relationship with God. Enjoy the message. Are you glad to be here? We have been speaking on, on the, the Great Commission, all right? And, and last week, we took a few minutes in, our, in the message to share with you that really Jesus didn't give us 10 things to do, he gave us only one. So we have a little video that Henry had done, he had put this on Facebook, and these are the kinds of things that you can share, by the way. So if you would go ahead and just show it. Jesus didn't give us 10 things to do. You know, sometimes you got this to-do list. And on the to-do list, you got 10 things that is hard to prioritize, right? And he didn't even give us five. On Jesus' to-do list for the church, for us as a body, and on his to-do list for each of us individually, is only one task. And what is it? Make disciples or simply be my witnesses. So it's clear, nobody needs to be confused. It's very clear. And that task is given to every one of us. We all have the same assignment. We may do that assignment differently based upon our personalities, based upon our giftedness, based upon our life situation, based upon where we find ourselves, we may do the assignment differently, but the assignment is still the same. Be my witness. Where? Everywhere. Everywhere you find yourself, this is your assignment. Be my witness. Now, what is a witness? A witness is someone who provides testimony or provides evidence to help convince someone of a truth. So when Jesus says, I want you to be witnesses unto me, he's saying, listen, here's your assignment as you fulfill the Great Commission. Every day, everywhere, I want you to provide evidence that I am who I said I am. Provide evidence that I did die, but that I am no longer dead, I'm alive. Provide evidence that I can save and truly change a man or a woman, no matter who you are. Many, many years ago, we said, here's a witness. We said, here's our assignment. Listen to this. We said, our assignment is to provide living proof of a loving God to a watching world. The world is watching, and Jesus says, now, I want you to be witnesses unto me. They're watching, and what I want you to do now is to provide them with living proof, you. Be the living proof that God is indeed love and that Jesus is indeed the living Savior, the one who did not come to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. When they 
observe my life when they listen to the way I talk and when they see how I live by my words and by my works we ought to be convincing them that there is a God who loves them and a living Savior who can deliver them from the wrath of God that is to come. Amen. So if you subscribe to Donaldson Johnson YouTube, but hear me, that's, thank God for Henry and the kind of quality work they do. Amen. So what they did, they took the message last week and just captured that because that's the main point. Now you can share it and inspire and empower many other people and to, to, to understand that the task that we all have is to be his witness, to make disciples in Jesus' name. But that is our task. This church exists for that purpose. Our motto or our mission statement is win the loss at all costs and make as many disciples for Christ as we possibly can in our generation. Let's say that. Win the lost at all costs and make as many disciples for Christ as we possibly can in our generation. Not ten things, not five things. One. One task. And may the Lord help each of us each day, no matter what else we're doing, to remain focused on this task. Now, in Acts chapter 1, and I want us to turn there, Acts chapter 1 verse 4 through 8, when Jesus said to his disciples that they were to be his witnesses, one of the things he said to them was that they were to be endowed with power. Let's turn to that please, Acts 1, 4 through 8. Endowed with the power of the Holy Spirit. In fact, he told them to wait in Jerusalem, not to leave, until they received the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you shall be my witnesses. So it's very clear from Jesus that the Great Commission cannot be fulfilled apart from the person of and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Every single believer has been given a task, but every single believer has been given or, or God has made available to him the power of the Holy Spirit to enable him to fulfill that assignment. And so I want to spend just a few minutes, and we don't have a lot of time, but I want us to talk just a few minutes about the Holy Spirit and the role that we need to allow him to play in fulfilling the Great Commission. Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will testify of me. So it's not just you who are to testify. The Holy Spirit he also has a mission, and that mission is to testify. So you and the Holy Spirit to be partners in this. Amen? You have a testimony, and the Holy Spirit wants to also testify. But he testifies through you and me. 
if the Holy Spirit is going to be able to testify of Christ, then he's going to require our cooperation. We have to be co-laborers together with him. All right, so let's read this. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. Let's go. Are we having problems today? Okay. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be what? Baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Quickly, keep moving. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? Jesus' response, verse 7. And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Verse 8. But you shall what? Everybody, let's read it together. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall what? Be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. You shall what? Be witnesses. And so it's not just that you will you will you will witness verbally, but you yourself, your very life will become a witness, a testimony, evidence, proof that God loves people and Jesus is the living Savior. I grew up in Carisburg in Liberia, a small town. We, we never had fires, you know, in, in terms of houses that, that, that you know, we, catch, we never did. But once, the entire time I was there, our neighbor uh, house caught fire. And it started in the kitchen, which was separate from the main house, but the kitchen was attached to the main house. And where we were, we saw the smoke and then we saw the blaze. And the fire began to burn hotter and hotter and became larger and larger. And within minutes, almost the entire town had gathered to see the house burn. John Wesley said, Set yourself on fire, and the whole world will come to see you burn. And, and, and that is the need of the church, and that is the need of each one of us. We need to set ourselves on fire with Holy Ghost fire. And if we set ourselves on fire with Holy Ghost fire, the whole world will come to see us burn. Your friends will come to see you burn. Your family will come to see you burn. Your neighbor will come to see you burn. Only will come to see us burn. If there was a fire here that they could see, we wouldn't need any advertisement, they would come like that whole town came to see the fire and to see the house that is on fire. Say to your neighbor, neighbor, set yourself on fire with Holy Ghost fire. Hallelujah. So 
this is why Jesus said to his disciples, don't go yet because you have to be set on fire first. And you will be set on fire when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. So wait until the fire came in. So they did just that. They were gathered in the upper room in Acts chapter 2. And the Bible says when the day of Pentecost was fully come, the Holy Spirit from heaven, the, the promise of the Father, came upon them like tongues of fire. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. And yes, the people came. They came to see them burn. And all the folks in Jerusalem begin to hear the sound and see the, the people and the, and the fire of the Holy Ghost that was upon them. They gather together. And when they gather together to see these folks who were on fire, the Bible says, then Peter got up and spoke. And Peter preached the gospel to them. And that day, 3,000 Jewish people gave their lives to Jesus. And if you think it's hard to get a Muslim converted, I understand it's much harder to get our Jewish brethren to convert. But when the Holy Spirit is manifesting the power of the presence of God in a tangible way so that even unbelievers can see it, then you begin to see not just one here and one there coming into the kingdom, but you literally begin to see multitudes coming into the kingdom. One more time, say to your neighbor, it's time to set yourself on fire with Holy Ghost fire. Come on, say Holy Ghost fire. Hallelujah. And so the disciples were on fire and they begin to preach the gospel. And as they preached the gospel, the scripture says God kept adding to the church. And the number of disciples kept multiplying. Now, in Mark chapter 16, Jesus called the disciples together. And this is what he said. He said to them, go into all the world and do what? Preach the gospel to all creation. And then he said, and these signs shall follow you. Shall follow who? These signs shall follow them who believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall pick up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it would not harm them. He said, they will lay their hands upon the sick and they shall recover. Now, when Jesus spoke those words, he wasn't speaking just to the apostles. He was speaking to them, but not just to them. For he said, these signs will follow those who believe. How many of you believe in Jesus today? How many of you believe in his name? Well, Jesus said, these signs will follow those who believe in my name. That means he was speaking of every single one of us here today. Because I told you the Holy Spirit wants to testify. And when the Holy Spirit is testifying, he not only wants to testify through natural things, 
He wants to provide supernatural evidence that will confirm your verbal testimony that the things that you are declaring concerning Jesus are true. Are you listening to me? Say supernatural testimony. Now we are to provide what? Living proof of a loving God and a living Savior to a watching and dying world. And one way by which we will provide that proof is through what you would consider natural things, such as love. Such as love. Jesus says, this is how the world would know that you are my disciples, because of the love you demonstrate. So one of the ways we provide proof is simply by allowing the love of God to flow through us to others. How do you prove that God is love to someone who doesn't believe? You allow him to experience God's love flowing through you. In what we would call natural ways, we allow God to love through us. We see those who are naked and moved by the love of God, we clothe them. We see those who are hungry, moved by the love of God, we feed them. We see those who are sick or who are in the hospital or who are hungry and moved by the love of God, we minister to them like the, like the, like the, 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 the Samaritan ministered to the man who was wounded. In, in showing compassion, in letting people experience the love of God flowing through us, we are providing living proof that he is a loving God. Natural. And that's important. I'm going to focus on the supernatural soon. But I want you to understand that there is something powerful that happens when we allow the love of God to flow through us in tangible ways to minister to people. Then the world begins to believe that this God that we say who is love is really a God of love because they start to experience that love flowing through us. And just, we, we, have, we have what we call the care groups or the tribal groups and, and, and not too long ago, one of our care groups in Frederick decided that they were going to go into the community and they're going to allow the love of God to flow through them to that community as a way of providing living proof that the God we serve loves and cares for people. And, I, and this group contacted an organization that works with the homeless people in Frederick and wanted to know how they could serve the homeless community. And they were told by this gentleman, hold on one second, they were told by this gentleman that this is a transitional home that they were preparing for a single mom and her sons that needed painting. And members of our church decided that they would provide living proof of a loving God. Amen. And they went and took a group and painted that house two floors. And they were living proof to this man and to the single mom and her children that my goodness, God truly is love. So let's just see just a few pictures. I just want you to see them in action. So that they're painting. Yeah, those are our people. Come on, let's clap. Let's praise God for them. There they are. Those are champions. Come on, clap for them. Hallelujah. Now, they want to reach Frederick. They're, they're, they're taking the Great Commission seriously, and they want to provide a powerful witness to the people of Frederick that God loves them 
and that Jesus is a living Savior. And one of the things they did was to say, you know what, we're going to go out there and we're going to allow the love of God to flow through us in tangible ways. And they went and I don't know how many hours they spent, but they painted that house two floors and provided a, that for a single mother with children. And what a testimony they were to that gentleman. Amen. And after that, they prayed for him. They prayed for the house. He will never forget it. Hmm? That's, that's a tangible example of how each of us who takes the Great Commission seriously can allow God to work through us right where we are in order to begin to provide loving, living proof to people that God is love and our Savior is living. There are needs and opportunities that you are going to be exposed to in your friends, I mean, among your friends and your family where you work. If, if, if you can meet the need, allow God to love that person through you and be an instrument of his love to them. Are you hearing me? This is powerful. So go ahead and clothe the naked, feed the hungry, visit the homeless, clean some, some houses, whatever you got to do, let God's love flow through you. So when you say God is love, people can believe it. Hmm? As powerful as, as this is, this is not all the proof that the Holy Spirit wants us to provide. He also wants us to be able to provide supernatural proof. Are you listening to me? That will confirm the gospel that Jesus truly is alive. He's a living savior. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that is why Jesus said to his disciples, wait until you are endued with power from on high to be my witness so that you can be able to produce supernatural proof that I am alive. So that you can be able to cast out devils. So that you can be able to lay your hands upon the sick and they be healed. So that you can tread upon serpents and scorpions. So that instead of you being afraid of them, you have them afraid of you. And I love I loved the story in the book of Acts where the sons of Siva were trying to cast out some demons. And the demons in the man said to the sons of Siva, I know Paul and I know Jesus, but who are you? You see, they didn't have the Holy Ghost. They were not filled with the Holy Spirit. They were not on fire. They were not in power. They had no right to use the name. But that's not true of you. If you are in Christ, that's not true of me. Amen. Every demon ought to be able to say, I know Jesus and I know you. Amen. And therefore, when you speak in the name of Jesus, the demons have to listen and the demons have to obey. Say hallelujah. In my name, said Jesus, you shall cast out devils. Tell the person next to you, he's talking about you. <laughs> Hallelujah. So now you say, Bishop, Bishop, okay, you say I should set myself on fire. How do I do that? How do I do that? Let me say this. The Lord was faithful to do exactly what he said. And he did it through the lives of the apostles. In Mark chapter 16, when I quoted, the Bible says they went. And then the Bible comes, the chapter comes to an end. And the Lord went with them. 
confirming the word with accompanying signs. And so exactly what he promised, he confirmed it. But he didn't just do that through the apostles. What I want you to see is that this signs and wonders that he talks about is something he wants to do through every single one of us who believes in the name of Jesus. And that is part of our equipment for fulfilling the Great Commission. Have you ever heard of a man called Stephen? Stephen? Well, Stephen was simply a man, a member of the church. He was not an apostle. He was, a, just like you here, a member of the church. And when the church began to grow, and they begin to have some problems like most churches, like all churches have with people. If you don't want any problem in your church, you don't have people. Because every person is a set of problems. That's why we need grace. Say hallelujah. Amen. And so they begin to have problem in the church. And so the disciples said, you know what? Or the apostle said, we, we, we have a special function, and that is to teach God's word. And we need to focus on that. So let's look among the congregation and find what you would call lay people, members. And, and, and here was a qualification, though. They had to be full of the Holy Spirit. And so they selected seven, quote-unquote, ordinary members. The condition was they need to be full of the Holy Spirit. And put them in charge of taking care of tables, making sure the widows were being fed. Stephen was one of them. But the scripture said of Stephen, he was a man full of faith and of the Spirit. And the scripture says, you can read it in Acts chapter 6, mighty signs and wonders were wrought through Stephen, not an apostle, through someone just like you. Mighty signs and wonders was wrought through him. So much so that the people became angry, the Jewish people became angry because with those signs and wonders he was converting too many people. You see, he was on fire and the whole world was coming to see him burn. And the leader said, wait a wait, wait, we got to put out this fire because if we allow this man's fire to continue to burn before long, all our people will be converted. And so they conspired to arrest him and they conspired to kill him. But the same Holy Ghost that had him working signs and wonders caused him to be fearless in the face of death. Caused him to be bold, unafraid of even death. And he stood on that day when he knew what they were planning. And he preached one of the most powerful sermons ever preached. Not the apostle. And an entire chapter, Acts chapter 7, was devoted to the sermon preached not by an apostle. But by someone who sat in the pews while the apostles taught. Just like you. You can be that Stephen that can be so on fire and ablaze with the power of God that wherever you are your witness is so strong and so powerful that people literally want to hear what you have to say and when you speak they believe what you have to say because they see the evidence of the power and the presence of God in your life Not just the apostles. Another one, Philip. 
Again, one of those folks who were just in the pews that was chosen also to be one of the seven. The scripture says after Stephen was killed, the persecution became even greater and the church, the members of the church, the body like you were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria, except for the apostles. The apostles remained in Jerusalem, but the people were scattered and they were on fire. Because the Bible says everywhere they went, they were proclaiming Christ. They were sharing the gospel. And one of them who fled was Philip. And Philip ended up in Samaria. Not an apostle, just, just one of the members of the church who has set himself on fire. He ended up in Samaria and the fire burning on the inside of him was so strong so powerful that all of Samaria came to see him burn and the scripture says many were healed many were delivered many demons were cast out many 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 of the Samaritans came to Christ not through the preaching or ministry of an apostle but through the ministry of a member of the church baptized with the Holy Ghost and who made the decision every day to set himself on fire. Say, set yourself on fire. Oh, I'm believing the day is coming soon. When I come on Sunday morning and I, you come, all of us will bring our fire. I'll bring my fire, you bring your fire, she'll bring her fire. Everybody comes here ablaze. Can you imagine what kind of fire we'll have? All, all me will have to take notice. Montgomery County will have to take notice. Are you hearing me? Maryland, Virginia, and Washington will have to take notice. The United States will have to take notice. The whole world will have to take notice. When the day come, and I'm declaring in Jesus' name, let that day come quickly, Lord. When every single person who gathers here on Sunday morning is ablaze with the power of the Holy Ghost, is on fire, and it's allowing the Holy Ghost to work in him and through him like never before with signs wonders and miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit that are at work say hallelujah now you say bishop 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 you still saying to us we must set ourselves on fire I thought God is supposed to set you on fire no you should set yourself on fire what, what, what God does he gives you the fire now you got to take the fire he gave you and set yourself on fire with the fire. You didn't hear me say hallelujah. He gives us a fire. Grace gives it to us. Now that he's given it to me, I have to make a decision. I'm going to set myself on fire with the fire that grace has given unto me. You want me to show you scripture for that? Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 and verse 7. Quickly. 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7. I'm going to show you quickly that scripture. Then we're going to pray in Jesus' name. 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7. Look at this. This is Paul speaking to Timothy. Amen. Timothy had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then this is what Paul is saying to Timothy. Let's read it together. Everybody's on the screen. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which 
which is in you through the letter. Now, that's in you, King James. Some of your Bibles, if you have that amplified, it, I believe it says, fan into flame or kindle afresh. And IV said, fan into flame. Yeah, there it is. This is why I would remind you to do our stir up, rekindle the embers of, fan the flame of, and keep burning the gracious gift of God. The gift is the, is the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And we're going to read later in, 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 in 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy 1 uh, uh, 7. He says, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love. He's describing what you have in the Holy Ghost. You have a spirit that has put power in you. You have a spirit that has put God's love in you. You have a spirit that has put self-discipline inside of you. He says that spirit is in you. It's like a fire. He's there, but it's your responsibility and my responsibility to find the flame. Come on, do this. Do this. All of you from Africa, you know what I'm talking about. All of you, probably from South America, you know what I'm talking about. And some of you from the country, here in the U.S., you know what I'm talking about. You find the what? Flame. The fire is there, but it's not burning brightly. It's glowing. It's like coal. It's there. It's not out. It's there. But it has the potential to become a fire that can burn an entire house down. It has the power to become so strong that an entire city will come to watch it burn. And Paul is saying, the fire is in you. The fire is in you if you've been baptized with the Holy Ghost. But the reason folks are not coming to see you burn is because you have forgotten that you have a responsibility to stir up. You have a responsibility to fan the flame. You have the responsibility to keep the fire burning. Say hallelujah. So don't ask God to fan the flame. Don't ask God to stir up the gift. Don't ask God to keep the fire burning. Start acknowledging the fire is in you and make a decision. I'm going to find the flame. I'm going to set myself on fire so that the whole world can come and see me burning. My family will see me burning for Jesus. My friends will see me burning for Jesus. My community will see me burning for Jesus. You said, Bishop, how? How do I set myself ablaze? This is how you do it. You get born again. When you get born again, the Holy Spirit comes inside of you. Then you get baptized with the Holy Ghost. When you get baptized with the Holy Ghost, that spirit that's in on the inside of you fills you with power for life and ministry and ministry ministry the gifts of the spirit become available and one of the things that happens when you get baptized with the holy spirit and i don't have time today but is that you receive this ability to pray in the holy ghost now 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 there are two kinds of people who are here there are those who are born again mother well, three there are those who are not born again so the spirit isn't in you you need to get born again that's a gift then there are those who are born again and the spirit lives inside of you. You are saved. You have his spirit in you. You need to get baptized with the Holy Ghost. And then there are those of you who are baptized with the Holy Ghost. You need to stir up. Find a flame. 
because for too long the spirit has not been stirred up in your life so one of the things I'm doing today is what Paul did for Timothy so I want to remind you and one of the things each of us needs to do for one another from time to time is remind one another that it's our responsibility to keep this fire burning. Amen? And listen to me. Don't wait for anybody to remind you. You remind yourself. Every day it's my responsibility to make sure that this fire on the inside of me keeps burning, keeps burning, keeps burning, and continues to be intense and becomes more intense and becomes more intense. You say, Bishop, how do I do it? If I've got the Holy Ghost and I'm baptized, this is how you stir up the gift. There are two things I'm going to say. Well, three. One, here it is. In order to stir up this gift and keep this fire burning, you need to meditate daily on who Christ is and who you are in him. Meditate. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Keep meditating on who he is and who you are. Who he is, who you are in him. Be established in your identity as a child of God. Two, pray. But not just pray. Pray in tongues. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Many of you, you can't tell the last time. You say, Roshiki Sabaka. You say, stupid. I got a doctor degree, you know. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm educated. I'm intelligent. I can talk to you. I'm not stupid. Yes, Come on, stand to your feet, you who pray in the Holy Ghost. Be seated, be seated, be seated. Be seated. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if you make it your business every day to spend as much time as you can praying in the Holy every time you're praying the Holy Ghost, you're fanning the flame. That's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. And you know what? You can do that on your bed. You can do that when you are driving. You can do that when you get to your office. You can do it loud. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you can do it quiet. You can be in a meeting, all dressed up, look at this chief executive meeting, a top board meeting, all of these educated folks, and you can be praying. And then when you open your mouth, you speak with such wisdom, and they don't know where the wisdom came. It came because you set yourself on fire with the Holy Ghost. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah! If you are not born again, get born again. If you are born again, get baptized with the Holy Ghost. And if you are baptized with the Holy Ghost, ladies and gentlemen, meditate every day on who you are and who Christ is in you. And then open your mouth and spend hours praying in the Holy Ghost. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said 
again, we can't look at the scriptures because of time. But 1 Corinthians chapter 14, in many places, this is what Paul said about speaking in tongues. In fact, 14, 14, I believe, Paul says, I thank God. No, that's not. He says, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. My spirit is praying, even though my understanding is unfruitful. And then, then I believe it's in verse 19. He says, I thank my God. I speak, 18, I speak with tongues more. You wonder why Paul was on fire. You, now he tells you his secret. The reason he was able, he had such wisdom to write two-thirds of the New Testament. And he had such revelation and such understanding of the mind of God. Here it is. He didn't, he didn't go one whole month. Every day, the man looked at all these people, and there were probably thousands of them. And he said, I don't care who you are. I can tell you this. I know this to be a fact. I speak in tongues more than all of you. That's a lot of speaking in tongues. And he must have understood the value of it to his spiritual life. He knew that's how you set yourself on fire. And when he's telling Timothy to stir up that gift, Paul is telling Timothy, one of the things you need to start doing is to start speaking in tongues a lot more. As a major part of your prayer life. Because when you're speaking in tongues, you're speaking to God. You're speaking mysteries. And 1 Corinthians 4, 4 says you're actually building up your spirit. You're charging your spirit. You know when a, when a battery is dead? Oh, no, no, I don't even have to do that now. We're in 2019. Tesla, right? The Tesla car. They, they, they drive, they, it's, they use uh, the electricity, the, the electric, electric, the Tesla, right? That's what they do, right? Now you've you got all of these charging stations all over. Because when you drive it, at some point, it got to be charged. And so now the, the people have them at their homes at night, they plug it in. If you only get one hour of charge, you get a little bit, it can't go that long. But if you get a full charge, you have to put it on for a number of hours. But if you connect the thing and allow it to remain in the charging mode, my goodness, for several hours, that thing can take you for days. But if you drive it and you never charge it, you will have that expensive car sitting in your garage that can't take you anywhere because you forgot to charge it. Tell the person next to you, don't forget to charge your spirit with the power of God. Every day, day, as often as you can, as many times as you can, wherever you can, find your charging station, man, and charge your spirit with the power of God. Are you hearing me? This power will enable you to provide proof in the boardroom. You didn't hear me? In the courtroom, in the hospital room, wherever you need power, if you're charged up, power, supernatural power, will be available to you for life and ministry. 
I got to stop. But this is what we want to do. If you're not born again, the Holy Spirit doesn't even live in you. So the first thing to do is to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. When you do, he's going to come in and live in you. The Holy Spirit will be there. And he will be like a well springing up to eternal life. You'll have a relationship with him. Are you hearing me? He's there. But then the next thing you need to do is to be baptized with power. The Bible says it's a baptism of the Holy Spirit. The evidence in scripture was they begin to speak in tongues and they begin to prophesy. Listen to me. They had to wait until the Holy Spirit was sent. Thank God you and I don't have to wait anymore. Because the Holy Spirit is already present. You don't have to wait on him now. He's just waiting on you. To decide you desire what he's given and you're ready to receive. So this is what we're going to do. If you want to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, or if you have been baptized with the Holy Spirit, but you desire a fresh touch, you want to stir up that gift, this is what we're going to do. Right after this service, where are we going? Pastor P, Pastor Gleddy, Pastor Mima, where are they going? What floor? What room? Room what? Okay, third floor. Just go to the third floor of our building next door. Go to room 329. Are you hearing me? And have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And don't worry, he won't make you crazy. Am I crazy? Somebody say, yeah, you are, but I'm not really crazy. You see, I got a good wife. I can't be crazy. You see, it's the Holy Ghost that led me to that good wife. You see, the Holy Spirit open your eyes and show you how to appreciate fine things. And make good choices. Say hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So don't be afraid. You see all of this as the Holy Ghost. Giving you wisdom to make right decisions. So don't be afraid of being filled with the Holy Spirit. He comes to fill you with power and love. And the scripture says, a sound mind. Doesn't make you crazy. He gives you a sound mind. So don't let the devil cheat you of power. Divine power, divine love, and a sound, divinely empowered mind. Right after. Now, you say, Bishop, why? Because you, you got a desire. Remember, he said, you stir up. If you don't care, then you're not going to receive. But if it's too much for you to walk from here over there, if it's too much for you to give yourself an additional 30 minutes, then you don't desire. You're not hungry enough. You're not thirsty. So that's fine. But if you understand what I just said, go to the third floor. Room what? 320. Now we're going to have pastors there. It's not going to be a long thing. They're going to share some information. You help your faith to rise and then pray with you. And guess what? God is faithful. The Bible says, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them who ask? And if you ask for bread, he's not going to give you a stone. So you can be sure that he who is faithful is going to fill you and empower you and give you this ability now to every day be on fire, charged up in Jesus' name. Amen? Say hallelujah. Father, I thank you for this word. I pray that your people who have heard it, that faith will arise in their hearts and you are working them both to will and do your pleasure. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thanks for listening today. If you love this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. To learn more about Bethel or to support this ministry financially, please visit us at www.bethelcityofhope.com. You can also connect with us via Facebook or Instagram at Bethel City of Hope. Thanks again. Have a great day.